This week, we follow one curious and imaginative young girl down a rabbit hole and into a strange and surreal world called Wonderland. In Wonderland, she encounters a cast of eccentric characters, including the Cheshire Cat, the Mad Hatter, and the Queen of Hearts, and experiences a series of absurd and nonsensical events. Throughout her ordeal, the girl must learn important lessons about growing up, identity, and the power of imagination. The girl, of course, is Alice. The book is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, and you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get weird! And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. Alexis, you chose this book uh, or the book this week. Had you read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland before? No, not at all. Never in the past. I've only seen, um, no, TV adaptations of it. Oh, you've seen the Disney version. I don't know that I have. Oh, that's so interesting. How cool. I tried to watch this uh, during COVID. So in 2020, I was like, you know, we had nothing to do. So I was like watching old Disney movies and I put in Alice in Wonderland and I thought, this is for people on drugs. (laughs) So with that in mind, (laughs) we come now to our theme of the week, perspective. The theme this week is a discussion about all the meaning people have projected into and brought forth from this one work. Oh, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. So, of course, be- people being people, what's one thing you think um, people relate Alice in Wonderland to? Just what you said, drugs. <laughs> drugs is very popular there are mm-hmm. songs about it right um even pop culture you take the red pill or you take the blue pill so yeah um alice in wonderland has been seen as a very thinly veiled simile um actually when i studied similes and metaphors in grade school this is the book we we read um oh. <laughs> to describe not drugs but probably <laughs> i don't know my teacher was probably edgy you know um so anyway <laughs> she wanted y'all to learn early yeah yeah so alice falling down the rabbit hole um people can assume is her having a really bad trip or spell from drugs um but do you know is there any evidence of the author ever experimenting with even psychological drugs uh not that i'm aware of his um yeah, not not that I'm aware of. His history is a little different. <laughs> yeah, he got problems and really loved uh, keeping company with young children exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But back to this. Uh, so as half of our listeners tune off. Um, so <laughs> you are correct. He's never been directly connected with any drug use. Um, even in the book, there's only one character that uses drugs. And you know who that is? Is it? Oh, I remember it too because they um, use a hookah. Oh, that's it. It's the um, the caterpillar. Is it? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, There is also some magic mushroom um, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> situation there. Also related to the caterpillar. But aside from that, um, I don't know why this this story is so tied to the 1960s instead of the 1860s when it was produced. But here we are. Um, mm-hmm. Also, of course, there's going to be um, some likeness to gender and even sex for some people. People, there's also this quote that's been thrown around because it's really ridiculous. But uh, William Epson, Epson, excuse me, pointed out that Alice is a father when she goes down the rabbit hole, a fetus at the bottom of it and can only be born by becoming a mother and producing her own amniotic fluid. Huh? Let's have a moment of silence. Well, here we go. Also, uh, some people just see it as a joke, not just against political leaders, but even against religious leaders. Um, This book is created as people are becoming are coming off of the Victorian, very prudish era. And they're trying to be wild and fun and say and produce art that is in the extreme that hits all of those extremes that were frowned on um, in politics and in religion. Um, But I even read that Queen Victoria enjoyed it, especially Mm -hmm. the off with her head portion. She was like, that's me. Everyone (laughs) loves to see themselves on TV. This was the example. And she actually liked it. And Lewis Carroll's stories. That's what I read anyway. Um, And of course, the whole thing is a dream. How do you feel about the uh, dream cliche? Do you like I'm that? I'm fine with it. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I love when um it was all a dream or when a character, a main character actually never existed. Now, this has been done Ooh. to death. It's been overdone, but I still really love it. What, so in the case me, um, for something that stand out where that comes to mind. <laughs> a work that stands out. Yeah. What works have been like it was all a dream this whole time. You know, let me think about that. Um, But as far as main characters that never existed, A Beautiful Mind comes to mind. Um, The movie of the year starring Russell Crowe about a real life uh, gentleman who has schizophrenia. And so a lot of the characters that you uh, that his character, his character is developed or helps his character develop aren't actually in existence. They're all in his mind. Oh, yeah. Um, That one's really good. Mm hmm. Another work that comes to mind is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Raid. And this was made into a movie for television. Um, it is very dark. So if you have any issues uh, with perhaps self-harm or even self-destruction, this is not the work for you. However, in the end, uh, perhaps soft spoiler, it's up to the reader's um, perspective or interpretation. Um, but you could glean from that work that it was all a dream. Mm, Um, Yeah. So that's another one that was really popular a few years ago. Um, But that's it. That's all I wanted to discuss with Alice in Wonderland, as we often call it because of the Disney movie. But Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, a lot of people think they read this book and it's so ridiculous. They think it has to mean something bigger. (laughs) It probably don't. Okay. Anything you want to bring out that you maybe heard or read about the meaning of Alice in Wonderland? No, that was all very interesting to me. Your your thoughts on, I guess I had, I, if I think back, maybe I watched Alice in Wonderland once cause I, but I also had this puzzle that had the Disney characters in it and the Cheshire cat was in it. So that, yeah. that's what I think of. But as the story just does not sound familiar to me, like something I sat and watched until it, it it came on TV 
uh, years ago. I feel okay. like that was the first experience with it. Yeah. But, or, you know, isn't there one also with Johnny Depp? A Tim Burton yeah. remake. Mm-hmm. That's the one. So, that's the one I'm thinking of. I thought there was um, a, a TV, but maybe it was. I didn't see it until it hit TV. Yeah. Yeah. OK, well, let's take a break and get into the real life story of the author and touch on some context. How does that sound? That sounds great. author. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to keep our author description short today because there's a lot of stuff out there by, um, about him. He's a weirdo. Okay. <laughs> Lewis Carroll is a pseudonym for the mathematician, photographer, writer, poet Charles Ludwig uh, Dodgson. He adopted the pseudonym when publishing his famous children's novels. Um, and, and as that, he was born in 1832 in Cheshire, England and died in 1898 at about 66 years old. His inspiration came from a young girl. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) His inspiration came from a young girl named Alice Little. Uh, Dodson had met Alice and her sisters back in 1856 um, while they were playing in the garden. He befriended the family and the family asked him to take pictures of the girls. Now, he was a known photographer in the area. Um, his photography was just as famous as his writing. Uh, several years later, Dodgson took Alice and her two other sisters on a boat ride. And to entertain the sisters, he told the story of strange characters. Um, and he just invented this story that we know today as Alice in Wonderland. He made Alice the main character. Um, Alice loved the story so much. She asked Dodson to Dodson to write it down. And that's how we got Alice and Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Um, This was his actual, this was his first book and it was published in 1865. Dodson has, a history, though, kind of weird history of befriending young girls and um, photographing them. I mean, he was a photographer, but he also took pictures of young girls. And some of the pictures would uh, be of them without their tops on. Mm-hmm. And very Balenciaga. Even there's a famous photo of him and Alice where she's sitting on his lap and she's just kind of scantily clad. And everyone yeah. at the time was like, yes, this is OK, right. which is very it's odd because it was a very prudish time. Mm-hmm. And maybe because people felt so constrained, they wanted to go to the extreme. I don't know, actually. So what um, what I was listening to, there was a YouTube channel that kind of uh, talked about it and they said back in the day, the the upper torso of a young girl was considered pure. And so that is why it was OK for him to photograph her mm-hmm. um, young girls in that way. <laughs> and that's that on that. Mm. <laughs> Listen, there is no history, no record, um, though he has lots of letters that he wrote to um, young girls. I mean, the man is an adult. 
writing letters to young girls. I don't know. There's lots of um, record of that, but there's no um, record of any um, uh, poor behavior. I'll say that. Yeah, there's no record of anything at the time which people thought inappropriate. He was getting his Drake on. You know, <laughs> he found this young girl. He fell in love with her and her family. And he decided to write to her. A grown man. Mm. Yeah. So normal. listen, that's all I'm going to say about that. So normal. Well, <laughs> thank you, Alexis. Oh, my gag reflex. <laughs> exactly. Well, now that we have that, perhaps you'd like to give us a brief spoiler free synopsis of Alice's adventures in Wonderland. A young girl falls down a rabbit hole and has many bizarre and illogical adventures with a variety <laughs> of strange fe- creatures in a fantasy world. Okay. That's it. Kari, who do you think would enjoy this book? <laughs> what did you call it? Bizarre and what? <laughs> so I opened by saying it was eccentric and she's imaginative. Nah, Alexis got to it. This is bizarre. Did you say weird? Illogical. Illogical. That's the word. That's it. And you know who would like this? If you're into perhaps Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I was thinking more Raul Dahl. Although somehow with his wordplay, that is a little more intellectual than whatever we just read this week. (laughs) Not to give away the verdict. I'm just saying. But if you're into that. No, I don't do Raul Dahl like that. (laughs) (laughs) Look at it. Not us defending racists. Well, we got to do it sometimes. So look. Um, if you like that kind of silly, just silly, then perhaps you'd like this. And Alexis, what made you choose this book? So it was a um, story that was, it's a classic. It's considered a classic. I was very interested in knowing what the actual story was about. And the, I think it was the Johnny Depp um, one that I saw. And I I just really wanted to know what was in that story. So I'm like, I want to dive in. And I actually picked up the book while we were in um, Portugal. Mm. And I was like, well, this is a great little, it's a cute little book, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, let me try it. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what it was really about. That's all. Yeah, I love when you do this because I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be the one to choose a children's book, but you've opened my eyes to the wonderful world of baby (laughs) books. And sometimes I am really touched. I still can't get over it. What's the book we read with the pig? Oh, I always want to say babe. Charlotte's Web. (laughs) Yes, not babe. Yeah, Charlotte's Web, a great work of art. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Let's, without further ado, get into a deep dive into Alice in Wonderland. Or The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Please, you have the floor. Excellent. Okay, so uh, the story begins with Alice sitting by the bank with her sister. She is bored. She's hot. She's sleepy. And as the book says, she's stupid. Okay, she just (laughs) (laughs) she's feeling dumb. We've had those (laughs) days. Relatable, Alice. Yeah. And she was. um considering if she should get up and go make a daisy chain. Um, And then she sees this white rabbit with pink eyes and it goes by her and he's like, oh dear, oh dear, I shall be too late. And then the rabbit um, takes a a watch out of his uh, pocket. He got a coat (laughs) on. Yeah. 
That's the Normal. first thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's weird. He's got a coat on. He looks at his time and he hurries on. And Alice is like, that's weird. Let me see if I can follow him. So she follows him and she goes down a rabbit hole. Okay. So he goes already down a rabbit we hole. know she's way too nosy. She sees a rabbit in a Steve Harvey coat and she thinks, I got to go see what he doing. Karen, <laughs> yes. Karen vibes. Yes. So she goes down after it and it's, it's like a never ending fall. Now, this particular scene reminds me of a dream sequence because I've had the dream where I am falling oh, life. forever. Yes. yes. So that's what this <laughs> reminded me of. I think she sees stuff on the way down. She's like, oh, let me grab that. Oh, I bet not grab it. It's, let me put it back. You know, she is like <laughs> falling forever. Yeah. In this tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's got cupboards and book short, bookshelves. Um, she even takes a jar off the shelf and puts it back while she's down there um alice is falling through this town no so long she thinks she's getting to the center of the earth or even um through the earth and coming out on the other end and when she's like when i get down there will people be walking on their heads wait that sounds stupid i'll ask them is this australia or (laughs) she's just yeah she's yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when she finally gets to the end of the fall, she sees the white rabbit and he's still hurrying. So she continues to follow the rabbit until she hits a corner and she don't she doesn't see the rabbit anymore. But now she's in this long hallway full of doors uh, and she she tries to open all the doors and she can't open them. And then she sees this three legged table. Well, I think before she sees that table, doesn't she see the um, a door? Yeah, well, she actually looks through the door and sees a beautiful garden, right? Yeah, she's like, oh, that garden is pretty. I, I want right. to go Wish in there. I could. Yeah, she always want to go somewhere she don't uh-huh. belong. She saw the little door with the um, garden through it. It's a tiny door and she has this key. So she tries the key in the door and the key works, but she can't get through the door. She is like too large. I mean, consider an average size child. Now, we don't know how old Alice is. How old do you think Alice is? Oh, I think she's 12. 12? Because we know she's taller than two. Yeah. How old do you think she? I don't know anything about children. (laughs) Uh, So what? Is that wrong? She's seven. I don't know. I was thinking like eight or something. (laughs) Eight or nine. Sure. Yeah. I mean, fine. You're a mother. (laughs) (laughs) So you said the real life Alice was 10. And in real life, Alice was 10. Yes. And she's Mm -hmm. 10. Um, Okay. 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 So Alice sees this table, goes back to the table, sees the key. And she's like, man, I'm going to get in there. I really, really want to get in there. Um, And then she sees this little bottle that has a label on it that says, drink me. And Alice checks to see if it was poison. She's just kind of looking at the bottom. No, she checks to see if there's a label that says, by the way, this is poison. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you're supposed to do before you drink. Right. Stuff. Anything. Me and Alice can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> she tasted it mm-hmm. and it tasted nice. So she was like, oh, this is good. Let me drink it all. I'm a red or sour. <laughs> so she drinks it all. And soon enough, Alice is 10 inches tall, but she didn't have the key. Um, she was too small and now she's too small to reach the table. So she sits down and cries until um, she tells herself she's got really great self-talk <laughs> habits where she's like, yeah, she no, does. honey, don't don't do that to yourself. Just pick yourself up and keep it moving. <laughs> so that's what Alice does. Um, she says, 
there's got to be a way. And then she turns and she sees a small box, uh, a glass box with a small cake in it and the words marked eat me. Given the way things are going, Alice knew this cake, um, eating this cake would make her tall to get the keys. Um, and although the result was not what she expected, she is now more than nine feet tall after eating this cake. So, of course, she grabs the key, but she's again too big to fit through the door. Feeling hopeless, she sits down mm-hmm. and again she cries. She tried to stop herself from crying, but couldn't. And soon she was in four inches of tears going down the hall and she sits here crying and then she could hear feet in the distance and guess who it is it's the white rabbit and he's dressed real smart like he had on white gloves and a fan and he said to them himself oh the duchess won't she be savage if i kept her waiting <laughs> so feeling desperate she asked in a low voice if he could help her. Um, but the rabbit dropped his glove and fan and he gets away. He he runs away into the darkness. Alice grabs the gloves and the fan when she used them to fan herself and tried to think about how her day got to be like this. And before you knew it, um, she's got this glove on her hand and she realized that she was shrinking. Now she's shrinking and she was up to her chin in salt water and the salt water was her tears she wished (laughs) she hadn't cried so much (laughs) and then she saw a mouse splashing in her tears (laughs) so she asked the mouse if he knew the way out (laughs) of the pool because she was tired but the mouse ignored her and then she decided to speak to the mouse in French (laughs) and she's saying to the mouse where's my cat it's a mouse Alice he don't care none about your cat (laughs) but she can't stop thinking about Diana her cat she really misses her out of everyone in her life Alice really misses that cat and so she's like mouse mouse who's drowning (laughs) have you seen my cat (laughs) so um, she's like oh the mouse is clearly (laughs) offended by what she says and so he jumps out of the pool and then she starts talking about the dog about dogs and of course the mouse is offended again and Alice <laughs> pleads with the mouse and like oh come on help me help me get to shore and the mouse is like okay I'll tell you why I hate cats and dogs and then a bunch of other birds and animals they are all falling <laughs> into Alice's pool of tears and they follow the mouse out of the pool Soon after, Alice sees the rabbit running and lo and behold, the rabbit is looking for his fan and his white gloves. And when the rabbit notices Alice, this is now the first time he actually notices her. He says, "Why, Mary Ann, what are you doing here? Run and fetch, excuse me, <laughs> run home and fetch me a pair of gloves and a fan quick now. And Alice is like so startled and frightened by his um, reaction to her. She actually runs in the direction that he's pointing. And she arrives, she arrives at the, uh, the rabbit's house and sees the gloves. She goes inside. She sees the gloves, the fan, and she starts to head out. But Alice is like easily distracted. I mean, I know this because I, too, <laughs> am easily distracted. But she sees and she sees um, this little bottle. <laughs> and although it doesn't say drink me, 
Alice had such a good time with the last bottle. She's like, I'm going to drink this too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drink this one too. Whoever house <laughs> so this she is. grew in size. And now <laughs> she's oversized in the rabbit's house. She got, um, I think, a foot sticking out the window. You know, Alice is like taking over the size of the house. The rabbit shows up and tries mm-hmm. to um, put her out by sending other neighborhood creatures um, to get her out. So they start throwing pebbles at her in the house. And when they land in the house, they turn into little cakes. And so Alice, you know, Alice like cake. So she go eat the cakes. So Alice starts. So she's eating rocks, you guys. Their cake, she's eating rocks. Their cake, Kari. They have turned into cake. So she's popping right. the cake in. Right. And so now she's shrinking to a smaller size as she did. And as she gets smaller, she runs from the house. Eventually, while looking for something to eat, she comes across a large blue caterpillar sitting on a mushroom with his arms folded and smoking the hookah. And the caterpillar caterpillar Mm -hmm. asks Alice, who are you? And Alice like, I don't know. (laughs) I've been through a lot and this day (laughs) is very different. I mean, I could tell you, but it's just a lot going on. She then um, tells her story a little bit about the different sizes and the caterpillar says, um, who are you? <laughs> and Alice is like, I should be asking who you are. <laughs> the caterpillar. Mm-hmm, That's tells right, her Alice. You to recite her this. story. Um, recite a story. How does that go, Curry? He tells her to tell her story um, <laughs> that she hadn't been able to remember or something and he tells her that her story was wrong and ask her what size she wants to be and finally tells her that to get shorter or taller that there are sides to the mushroom and then right eat one side you'll get shorter mm-hmm. and one then side, he tells her that and then he disappears and Alice is left to figure out for herself which is which um, but she remembers that the um, the garden that she saw in the beginning and she's determined to go into it so she messes around with the mushrooms until she gets to a, uh, the right size Alice next comes upon a house that's about four feet high. And the scene is so weird. She sees a fish and a frog footman wearing a special uniform and with a large invitation. And they're talking to each other. And it says, for the Duchess, an invitation for from the Queen to play croquette. And from the Queen, an invitation for the Duchess to play croquette. So Alice is like, okay, that's weird. They got really big heads, too. <laughs> so after a bit of uh, banter with the frog footman that abso- went absolutely nowhere, Alice deduces that he was idiotic. She <laughs> like this <laughs> she book. enters the house uh-huh. and the the scene is um, a large kitchen full of smoke. The Duchess was on a three legged stool nursing a baby. Um, and there's a cook leaning over the fire, stirring a large cauldron of soup. And Alice immediately notices that there's too much pepper in the soup. And she starts to sneeze along with everyone else except the cook and a large cat that's grinning from ear to ear. 
Alice asked why the cat was smiling like that. And the Duchess said, because it's a Cheshire cat and the Duchess, the Duchess calls out pig. So that's like <laughs> to the baby, though, to the baby. She, she actually so baby I thought she in just said it in the air. <laughs> no. no, quickly, Alice realizes that she, the Duchess is calling the baby pig. Mm, okay, <laughs> so the next thing you know, the yeah. cook takes the soup. Off That's the, the only part where is- I actually laughed out loud. Okay. <laughs> takes the soup off the fire and starts throwing everything within her reach at the Duchess and the baby who is already howling and sneezing. And she throws. Um, she threw fire irons, saucepans, plates, and they're hitting the Duchess and the baby. And Alice t- tells the cook, look, pay attention to what you're doing. The Duchess said, <laughs> if everybody minded their business, the world would go around faster than it does. And Alice is like, and Alice is like, well, I know that would be terrible. We'd all fly off of it. <laughs> And she's proud with herself for like knowing. Yeah. Something. And the Duchess says, <sighs> sorry, you guys. <laughs> and the Duchess says, yeah. well, <laughs> speaking of axes, chop off her head. Alice is like, what? What? <laughs> so Alice looks around and the cook is not paying attention. So she's she's just going on. And the Duchess starts nursing the baby and singing a lullaby and the baby um, and shaking the baby. <laughs> At the end of every line, and the baby <laughs> and the cook sing the mm-hmm. chorus. It's weird. It's weird. The mm-hmm. Duchess is also tossing mm-hmm. the baby like violently up and down, and the baby starts to howl. <laughs> the Duchess then flings the baby at Alice, yeah. telling her she had um she can nurse the baby a bit. You can nurse it if you but want. She's got to go mm-hmm. play croquette with the queen. The cook then throws a frying pan after the Duchess but misses her and Alice leaves with the baby feeling like she needs to save the baby from this house before they kill it. And as she's walking along and don't get it twisted, Alice is still going to the day party with the queen. She's just going to take the baby with her. (laughs) And as she's walking (laughs) along, the baby turns into the pig. (laughs) (laughs) So the baby was always a pig. Which is why the Duchess <laughs> called it a pig. <sighs> Alice put the pig down, lets it walk away into the woods. And as Alice continues walking, she comes across the Cheshire cat sitting in a tree and asks for directions. Alice asks the cat, what kind of people live here? And the cat mentions, so like there's a, um, I think there's houses in a couple of different directions. And Alice, um, and so she's asking, like, who lives in these houses? And the cat said, there's a hatter and there's a March hare and they both mad. And I was like, well, I don't want to be around mad people. <laughs> and the cat tells her that everybody is mad, including her. And um, the cat asked Alice if she was to she was going to play croquette with the queen today. And Alice is like, um, I haven't been invited. And the cat says, well, see you. I'll be there. <laughs> he vanishes. But the cat comes back to ask <laughs> about the baby. It's like, um, she told you it turned into a pig, the cat said. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I thought so. <laughs> and he disappears again. And then he comes back again, asks for a clarification. And said, now, did you say it turned into a pig or a fig? And Alice is like, <laughs> okay. <sighs> 
<laughs> so is the reader. The reader yeah. is just like that. And the also. cat is popping in and out. And <laughs> then the cat disappears like a section mm-hmm. at a time. And then he would leave his smiling face like lingering for some time. And Alice is like, okay, <laughs> let me go on now. So Alice heads toward the March Hare's home and there she sees the March Hare, the Hatter and a Dormouse sitting at a table. The Dormouse is sleeping between the Hatter and the Hare. And when they see Alice, they yell, there's no room, no room, no room. But Alice sits at the head <laughs> of the table anyway, assuring them that there is room. The Hare offered Alice some wine and I was like, but I don't see wine. Only tea is on the table. He said, well, it's not civil. Uh, she says, it's not civil to offer me wine when you don't have it. And the hair said, it's not civil to sit down the table when you're not invited. <laughs> when you wasn't invited. <laughs> Alice says she didn't know it was his table because it was laid for like more than three people. And so eventually they tell um, Alice this story about this time that they had um, upset time. And the queen said that time's head should be removed. And so now they're in like this um, perpetual tea time. It's always six and they always at the table. So the table is yeah. set like fully for tea time and lots of glasses, lots of teacups. And so they just move from seat to seat for a fresh cup. When really it's not really a fresh cup, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Hatter and the Hare and Alice, they go back and forth in conversation. <laughs> At, um, the Hatter is giving Alice riddles. He don't even know the answer to. The Dormouse is waking up every few moments <laughs> and commenting on the conversation, <laughs> even telling poems and stories. And eventually, um, Alice is like, y'all getting on my nerves. And really what it is, they all being really rude to each other. And Alice is tired of people being rude to her. So she's like, I'm out. So Alice is hoping they'll call for her like when she gets up and walks away, but they don't pay her no attention. And Alice is like, that is the stupidest tea party I ever seen in my life. And as Alice walks away, guess where she finds herself? At the Queen's uh, back at the door leading to the garden. Well, she has come full circle (laughs) and she is set to enter the door of the garden because now you remember she got the mushrooms. She got the one to make her big. Right. Mm -hmm. So she can go. uh, Yes. Whenever she wants now, she can be larger. And she got the key. So Alice is finally ready to get into that. As Kari says, the day party. And as she enters the garden, she sees a large rose tree with white roses and three gardeners. And by gardeners, I actually mean playing cards with heads, painting red roses, painting the roses red. They are also having a conversation about the queen saying that number seven deserved to be beheaded. Um, Two says, uh, why was seven? But why would the queen want to behead seven? And Seven says, well, that's really none of your business, too. And then Alice walks up and asks why the roses are being painted. And Two tells Alice that the tree should have been um, red, but they um, planted it white by mistake. So they're trying to change it before the queen finds out. And just then the queen is announced (laughs) and the cards, I mean, the gardeners throw themselves to the ground flat on their faces. And by faces, I mean, seven, two and five. Okay. Because they're not face cards. 
Alex <laughs> sees the king and the queen of hearts. <laughs> and the knave of hearts, which is actually the jack of hearts. And guess who? Yes. Yes. The white rabbit is back. The queen notices. Right. Because mm-hmm. he works for the, the queen. The queen notices yes. Alice and asks, who is she? And Alice um, quickly sees that the <laughs> king and queen are a simple deck of cards. So she has no reason to be afraid of them. The queen sees the back of the cards um, lying face down. Because the back of the cards all look the same, right? Right. <laughs> so they lay it down right. so she don't know who it is it could be her kids it could be it could be anybody right so <laughs> she asks Alice who they are and Alice is like how should I know and the queen is like the disrespect off of her head Alice says that's nonsense and the king says she's only a child and the queen tells the cards to get up and explain themselves and when she finds out she says off with their heads and Alice protects them by putting them in a large flower pot and then so when the soldiers come looking for them they can't find them and when Alice asks excuse me when the queen asks if their heads are off they tell her um, no the heads are gone because <laughs> they can't find them <laughs> so the queen then right. invites Alice to play croquette with her and they're playing croquette with uh, live flamingos and live hedgehogs really weird game how can you really play no one wants to hit I mean but it's a whole bunch of cards playing this game cards with heads okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alice meanwhile mm-hmm. sees the white rabbit and asks where the duchess is and Alice learns that the duchess is scheduled for execution and Alice is like but why and Alice and that white rabbit says did you say what a pity Alice is like no I didn't say that I just said why because <laughs> I don't think it's a pity at all I'm just saying the rabbit explained that the duchess had um, boxed the queen's ears I don't know what that means but Alice laughs and it's like dang <laughs> this deck of cards is wilder I remember um, Alice once boxed her own ears in for like getting an answer wrong on a lesson so she's got some psychological damage that isn't really addressed probably because of Lewis Carroll Ooh, this got to dark. say the least okay, okay. go ahead <laughs> So it says, I, I got Alice is like, mm. I got to get out of here. And up pops the Cheshire cat, not his whole body, but just his smile. So the cat Cheshire cat is mm-hmm. coming in and out, but he's not bringing his whole body. And meanwhile, the king sees that Cheshire cat coming and he determines that he doesn't like it. So he calls the queen in to handle the dirty work, like off with his head kind of thing. And Keen is like, great. Mm-hmm. He his head is going. I'm gonna go get the executioner. But before <laughs> you know it, the king and queen are debating whether the head can be removed if they don't have a body. So it's the head already removed. Does it make sense? I don't know. This queen is like, get it done, or all of you will be executed. And Alice tells her, Well, the cat belongs to mm-hmm. the Duchess, so why don't you grab her from prison? And when the executioner. Wow. Why are you snitching, <laughs> when the, Alice? When the executioner returns, the cat is gone. Okay. So this gives Alice an opportunity to have a conversation with the Duchess. Like, um, 
And she starts telling her these stories that all end in um, morals. For example, the Duchess would say, flamingos and most and mustards both bite. Okay, well, they're not even <laughs> right. It's not even the same family. The moral things. birds of a mm-hmm. feather flock together. That's it. Okay. So then the Duchess uh, takes Alice to meet like (laughs) this griffin and a mock turtle and a lobster. And they talk about their history. And Alice talks about her experience and they kind of commiserate with her and like then tell stories and whatnot. It's a whole thing. And while Alice is interacting with them, a cry is heard that there's a trial beginning and the griffin takes Alice to the trial. So when we get there, the Jack of Hearts is on trial for stealing, <laughs> for stealing tarts. And then there's a cast of witnesses that include um, the Hatter, the cook that was cooking that high pepper soup. And then um, it's another witness, I think, and Alice is a witness too. Everyone that yeah. she's, yeah, come across. Or a lot of people that she's come yeah. across since falling down the and hole. And the king is threatening everyone um, with beheading. Okay. Meanwhile, while the trial is going on and it's a really nonsensical trial, Alice is growing and getting irritated <laughs> with the whole scene. And the king asks for a sentence first and a verdict afterward. And Alice is like, that's nonsense. And of course, the queen um, shouts off with your head. And Alice then says, Mm -hmm. listen, (laughs) this is real. This is crazy. I mean, a lot of stuff is going on, but this is some full nonsense. And she said, who cares for you anyway? So she is like really going back and forth with the queen. Like she is really getting slick with the king. Alice does not care does not care about this head beheading thing that's being yelled. She said, you're nothing but a pack of cards. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And at that, I think Alice bumps the soldiers who are cards with heads and a Mm -hmm. whole pack of cards. Well, the cards kind of fly in the air. And as they Rise in the air. They come down on Alice lying on the bank on her sister's lap. And her sister is trying to wake her up. And that is the end of the story. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. Okay, sounds good. What is your final verdict and would you recommend this book? Listen, let me start with the positive. Sometimes you just want to sleep. And for me, I pop in a Solange album, preferably Seat at the Table. That is my go-to. I love that album um, musically. 
but I also love it as like a sleep album. Also, Nora mm-hmm. Jones, the classic. I love putting that in when I'm on a plane and just need to rest. This can also be added to that collection. There is nothing in this story that you need to pay attention to. There are no plot lines to follow. And in that way, it can make an excellent sleep story. You can allow your mind to wander until you are unconscious which is the only way to experience this story. Now, how did I feel about it? Y'all, it's a lot going on in the world right now and we all got to stay woke. And I mean that in the traditional way, not this new political way. I mean, we got to stay alert to what's going on around us. So we don't have time. Our children don't have time to read nonsense like this. Anything you take in, in my opinion, has to edify you in some way or provide a relief. This didn't either. It really felt I wasn't angry like when I read uh, Little Fires Everywhere and I was like, why is this wasting hours of my life? I was just like, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain how I felt about this book. It's a colossal waste of time for anyone ages zero to 105. And I don't even think that there is wordplay to justify. This is this is a classic. And you know what this teaches me? Let's all just kind of relook at the books we praise and all of the works that we have people read in school. Why? Because it's old. Is that why we doing it? That's not good enough. No, there are other things you can read your children. This is nothing that I would ever bring into my house if I could. Now, Alexis bought it. And I feel like it makes a great coffee table book because if you got people waiting for you and you hate them, put this out and have them read it and watch their mind (laughs) melt out of their ears. But other than that, I just, nah, I'm good. So Alexis, what did you think of this book? Would you recommend it? And did you enjoy reading it? Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your um, wrap up there. I appreciate it. No. I did not enjoy this book. <laughs> I was beyond bored. Whoa. Okay. Beyond Wait, bored. Wait, I have to ask you. I have to ask you. Why were we so, even despite the problematic plot points and characters, why were we so okay with Raul Dahl, um, with his works? Why were we especially okay with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is also foolishness? And why are we so against this book? I, Hi. Is it because Lewis Carroll's a creep? Because we don't even know Raul Dahl like that. He might. I be didn't a creep know too. when I started know. reading a book that he was a creep. Oh. I didn't. I did not. <laughs> okay. I did not. The mm. book is just boring. It's a lot of stuff happening that has nothing to do with anything. And the fact that she mm-hmm. asked him to make this into a, a story that she could look at that was that should have just stayed right between them. Here, little girl. Yeah, I don't blame her. She was 10. <laughs> but everyone that funded it and took time into put, making this a thing, and then everyone that praises it to this day. I mean, y'all okay? Uh, please repeat that for the people in the back. Are y'all okay? Because there's a problem here. Um, I agree with Lisa Genova. She was like, reevaluate the classics. There's uh, plenty of... <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> Alexis did a great interview with the author Lisa Genova. Please find that in our archives. And yeah, she was just yeah. like, we ain't got to read it just because mm-hmm. it's old. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to probably still read them because they old, but I'm going to have a comment about them. And this right here. I mean, mm-hmm. there were a couple of times I chuckled, but not the way I like to laugh at a book. 
And I was like, what is this book about? And where is it going? And why? Just why? So when the Duchess called the baby a pig, I laughed out loud. But then the Duchess starts shaking the baby and throwing the baby in the air. And then I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> but there goes that funny so moment. So then I sit and I think about, oh, this is a story he was entertaining three little girls with on a boat ride. And so he was just talking off the top of his head. Some people call it talent. I call it delusion. <laughs> you know what? Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, or who was it? We got, we read a wonderful book just based on a dream. Some people got it. Oh, Robert Louis oh. Stevenson. He dreamt. Um, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. For the Ooh. most part, that's that began from a dream. Okay, classic. That's a classic. Mm -hmm. There's so much to pull from that story. Mm -hmm. And then the this was just like you know, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. And then the I the no, I think they was drinking from the Thames River when they made this uh this story. And go then ahead. the whole idea that. Somebody had to be high when they wrote this. Yeah, I see why people want to pull stuff from. The, they like this has to have a bigger no. meaning. It has to. It, it don't. don't. It don't. So what I recommended? No. If you want to watch the film, maybe the film is more entertaining to you. I can't even remember the film, but nonetheless, not the book. It's not necessary. You ain't got nothing else to do. It's a, these are strange times we living in. We got to prepare for the world we live yeah. in. We ain't got to even our babies ain't got time for this. Your baby ain't got time for ain't this. Nobody got time for that. What else the babies can read? Read Charlotte's Web. Did the baby read Charlotte's Web? Read, read Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web. Web. Mm -hmm. so, it's so much other stuff to read, but this was truly a waste mm -hmm. of my time. Well, I'm going to need next week's book after reading this one. Thank you, Alexis, for the deep dive. And what are we reading next Actually, week? Actually, we're taking a break next week. You know it. And we deserve. <laughs> we deserve. After we read this, we said, we don't even know if we want to do this show. Now. Do we even like books? <laughs> That's exactly what it left me feeling like. Okay, I could have got more substance from a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> and on that note, thank you all for listening to Lit Society. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexa Sanaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our five show stars. on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love, love us. We love y'all too. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. If you didn't, don't blame <laughs> us. We did our best. Alexis did a great job. This book was garbage. Read it. Um, listen to garbage. another episode please and when you recommend us to your friends as you will do don't recommend this book R recommend another episode please right Alexis right. yes clearly we didn't mm -mm. love this did not <laughs> skip it <laughs> Skip. No repeats. Uh, visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, you guys. Read something. Read something. Not by Lewis Carroll. <laughs>